your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where you learn about dog training and dog bonding and how to build a stronger relationship with your pet. You'll hear interviews here with experts from all corners of the dog world, and the whole idea is to help you improve your dog communication and dog training skills and to help you build a more nurturing relationship with your pet in order to be dog's best friend. And as usual, I'm here with one of my best friends, Callie Golden Retriever, who's now five years old. My goodness, uh, they grow up fast. Uh, and uh, we're doing uh, this recorded podcast in the middle of the day, so Callie and I have not had our daily soccer match. Uh, but uh, one of the things I want to talk to our guest about is uh, some things that have uh, happened in our daily soccer match over the last couple of weeks, uh, because we're going to be talking about uh, pets' energy levels and ups and downs and flows and and uh, uh, Callie and I are dealing with a mystery about our uh, daily soccer match, so we'll save that for later. Our guest for today uh, is Paula Brown. She's an animal communicator. She's one of those people who's communicated with animals all of her life, and she's the author of a very uh, fun and cute uh, book titled Fur Shui, um, and uh, we're going to learn a lot about uh, what that's about uh, during the week when we're not on uh, the, the podcast like this, you can participate with us in different ways. Uh, check out our website, mydoggysays.com. Uh, read the blog there and uh, post a comment. Uh, there's also a lot of fun video on the website and some fun photographs. Uh, and uh, all of these podcasts are available there. You can also send an email to me, fred at mydoggysays.com. You can uh, find these podcasts uh, on iTunes if you go to uh, iTunes under podcasts and look for My Doggy Says. You'll find us there. Uh, so um, let's welcome our guest. Uh, Paula Brown is animal, an animal communicator and the author of Fur Shui, fun, uh, fun little book. Paula, welcome to the My Doggy Says show. Hi, Fred. Thanks a lot for inviting me to talk with you today. I enjoy being here. Well, uh, looking forward to our conversation. I know we're going to have fun with this. Um, Let's start out by talking a little bit about um, your early days of recognizing that uh, you had some special ability to communicate with animals. When did you first become aware of that, and uh, how, how did it happen? When I was very little, very, very a tiny person, I come from two farming families, um, grandparents, Irish grandparents from Seattle, Washington, just out of Seattle, and Snohomish had a beautiful Guernsey um, dairy farm, and a German set of grandparents with a huge farm in Iowa. So every weekend I would be out at the Irish grandparents' farm, um, wandering about with cows and whatever, um, had a lot of animals follow me home and a lot of pets but the most unusual experience when I was very young I would go in the barn with my grandmother who was known as a hands-on healer from Ireland and she'd be just with the cows and and I would hear their voices and she would ask 
do you hear them too? And I said, yes, I do. And that one's foot over there hurts a little bit, and this one's over here, and, and I would just hear what she was hearing. So it was like a game for me when I was very young. And when I'd walk down the street, I would hear animals, people walking their dogs, and I would hear um, little bits and pieces from their voices when I was young. And my mother warned me not to say anything about it because at that time it was not really well understood. So all this time I just thought I had this funny knack with animals, and I loved animals deeply. And my grandfather in... Iowa was from Germany, and he was also a dowser, so he would go out on the farm and douse for water. And so we would go out together with dowsing rods, and I would come back to the barn, and I would go douse all the animals. And he would kind of laugh and let me play, and that's how I became a dowser. And so I would listen to animals and see where the energy was. And ever since I was very, very young, I was listening to animals. And finally, I was recognized for this by a pretty world-famous animal communicator, Carol Gurney, and I was invited to take her classes, and I was certified as an animal communicator about 12 years ago. That's terrific. It's a good path. Um, So you said something a minute ago uh, that I find really intriguing. You said you would try to see where the energy uh, was going uh, or where it was. Uh, talk about that a little more. I mean, how do you sense uh, energy in an animal, and what's the message? What what can you learn from that? Energies come in all forms from our animals. They, whatever you feel in your um, deep inside or in your heart, um, is the energy that's coming out from them. I communicate with them telepathically. I'm I'm also an empath, so I feel different parts of my body. When they're upset, that feeling goes into my body, and then it sort of vanishes. Also, you can use um, techniques like dowsing. Like you usually use a dowsing rod to find water or oil. Or there's professional dowsers out there that are hired by oil companies to find oil with dowsing rods. I happen to be a dowser, and what I do is I scan the energy of an animal inside and outside by using my dowsing rod. And it just reacts. The energy goes through me and goes through the rod, and it shows me if there's stuck energy or great flowing energy. The messages you usually get from animals um, about their energies are very, very obvious if you're aware. If you just keep your eyes and ears and feelings open to your animals, they tell you all the time how they're feeling and what they're up to. So you can always tell when a dog is happy, And you can mostly tell when a dog is not so happy. So it's their actions, their activities, their eating habits, a lot of different things. But me personally, I feel it in my body, and I look at the chi, and I I see what's going on. It's kind of hard to describe over a phone conversation, but there's definitely methods um, like feeling for hot and cold spots along an animal's just just above their fur. And if you put your hand down, you can actually feel the energy patterns on your animal. And you can really get good at this. So when there's a hot spot, you look into it, and you call your practitioner, and you have it checked out. If there's cold spots or energy that's not running, then you need to get that snapped up and get it running. Your animal should have sort of a lukewarm feeling all the way around its body. 
Does that help out a little bit? Yeah, it does. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, can, can you give uh, an example or two of how you've used that to uh, help uh, animals? I mean, can you recognize problems sometimes and then uh, get to a solution? Yes, you can. Animal communicators are not diagnostic people. And right. We're just the reporters. We're not vets, and we're not. We don't. Um, plan on being vets either, most of us. What you can do is you can take a telepathic conversation that you have and just ask the animal how it's feeling. It can tell you how it feels, so you use that part of it. And then also by dowsing an animal or doing energetic work either remotely or on site, you can pick up energy from a color photograph. And I do energy reads remotely from this. When I douse, I find the energy levels either stuck or flowing. And when I find the stuck areas, either inside or outside, I report that to my clients. And I say, well, it's a small block, or it's a big block, or it's a huge block, and maybe the head. I had one animal recently who was, uh, it was a cat, in fact, who was starting to go to the bathroom outside of the cat box, and I was called in to find out why, why this sudden behavioral change. And we found out by the energy read and the telepathic read that the head was all blocked up. There was hardly any energy flowing through the forehead and the top of the head and the back of the neck. And by doing that energy read, we took a modality read and asked if this animal needed acupuncture or chiropractic. Well, it came up that it needed chiropractic that there was something that a chiropractor could help out with. They took the animal to the chiropractor and made some cranial adjustments, cranial sacral adjustments, and now the cat is going to the bathroom back in the back in the kitty box. And the reason why the cat was going outside of the kitty box was to get the attention of the client so to listen to them because their head hurt. They said that their head hurt. And then we doused it and looked at it and removed some of that energy by dousing, took it to the chiropractor, and it's a new cat. So, wow, yes, it does help. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's a good story. Uh, Paula, we need to take a quick break here um, and, uh, and then rejoin on the other side. This is the My Doggy Says show, and we're visiting tonight with Paula Brown, who is an animal communicator and the author of a very fun a book titled First Way, uh, and uh, right now we're talking about uh, the energy in animals and how Paul is able to tune into that. Uh, we'll continue that conversation, and I have a question for Paul of, uh, that uh, deals with uh, Callie and Callie's energy levels, uh, and we'll get to that right after the break. Be sure and join us on the other side. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you get better at dog training. You improve your dog talk and dog bonding skills, and you learn to build more nurturing relationships with your pets in order to become dog's best friend. And you're doing it with us here on the Dog Appreciation Network. 
Uh, tonight we're visiting with Paula Brown, who is an animal communicator. She's one of those people who's been a lifelong animal communicator. And she's also the author of a book titled Fur Shui. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. You're, you're going to want to hear about that. It's a very fun book. But first, we're going to uh, continue a conversation a little bit about uh, energy and energy levels. Um, be sure and track along with us during the week. There are a lot of different ways you can participate in the My Doggy Says universe. Um, check us out on Twitter. We're at My Doggy Says. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Best way to do that is go through the website and click on the Facebook link. Uh, and uh, these podcasts are posted on the website. If you want to see uh, all of them, it's easy to go to the blog and just uh, uh, pull down the uh, the drop-down menu. There's one for all the podcasts. You can also find them on iTunes uh, if you go to the iTunes podcast store and uh, search on My Doggy Says. The podcasts are free on iTunes. Um, so... Uh, the, uh, We'll uh, continue our conversation with Paula. Uh, Paula, here's a question I have about uh, my interaction with uh, Callie, Golden Retriever. So I, I'll give you a little background. Some of our listeners uh, know about this. When Callie was eight weeks old and came to my house as a puppy, uh, she spotted a soccer ball in the backyard. It was not really a soccer ball. It's kind of a rubber ball that looks like a soccer ball. It was a little underinflated. And she ran around and got on the other side of it from me, just being a playful little puppy. And she looked up at me, and, you know, I got the message. You know, I had just written a book about <laughs> about these things. So the message was clear to me. It was, hey, Fred, show me what you got. <laughs> Challenge is on. So, okay. So I gave the ball a kick, and she went and trapped it under her tummy, which was just hysterical because the ball was almost bigger than, than she was. Uh, she got it under her tummy. I don't think she got all four paws down to the ground, but she trapped this ball under her tummy, and I kicked it again. So, you know, we played at that for a while. And we have played soccer every evening almost every day for the last five years. And it's Callie's invitation. Callie comes and gets me. Uh, I, I work out of a home office. She comes and gets me in the late afternoon and looks at me and uh, cocks her head a little bit and does this quizzical little, uh, you know, are, are we going to play now? Uh, and she'll start out to the backyard, and if I don't follow, she'll come back and get me. And it, it's this funny little uh, uh, dance that we do every evening, and it's it's just charming. I love it, and, and I just love her to death. She's spectacular. So she's advanced to being able to leap up in the air and do what I call nosers. She bonks the ball off her nose. I so I so. kick the ball up in the air, and Callie shoots it and and she can give it a pretty good uh poke i mean some sometimes the ball go uh, 15 20 25 feet i suppose if she hits it at the right angle and we go out and uh, work at that and have these little volleys where we go back and forth as quick as we can and it's just a very special part of my day and i love the fact that it's been her thing uh you know she created it she kind of comes and gets me every day i've been glad to support her in that a um, couple times I've blogged about uh, energy and Callie's energy levels because I can kind of feel it going up and down while we're out there playing. She'll uh, leap up in the air and bonk the ball real hard a couple times and um, it seemed really into it. And then all of a sudden I'll kick one to her and she'll just let the ball sail over her head like almost like she didn't see it. 
or didn't care. And then the next couple of kicks, I'll kick, and they just go over her head. Um, but one way or another, I, I, I've developed enough little tricks and gimmicks to uh, uh, sort of get her back into the game. Well, the last week or so, I've had a very hard time getting her into the game at all. She comes and gets me. She drags me out there. Uh, and, and I end up kind of running up and down the backyard from one end to the other, kicking the ball back and forth. And uh, she, she's not uh, doing her nosers. I, I tried uh, one day uh, giving her a lot of reinforcement after she did a couple. And that worked pretty well. And yesterday, I reverted to something I didn't think I'd ever have to do. And, and of course, this is me trying to uh, sort of impose my way here. I uh, am I'm just assuming that Callie still wants to do this. So I actually went to some uh, puppy treats uh, as a reinforcement for um, you know the, the bonks that she did. Uh, and that seemed to work pretty well. Um, but it's a mystery to me that she would be so into this thing for this long period of time uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, kind of slack off a little bit, and uh, I, uh, you know, I thought of different reasons that that might happen. But I, I wondered if that fits into the kinds of things you think about. Yes, actually, I'd be a person that you would call to do a telepathic communication to find out what's going on with her emotionally, uh-huh. as well as a dowsing scan to see if there's any blocked energies in, in any parts of the head or whatnot. Also to scan her emotional body with a flower essence um, energy read. So is she still running around and chasing the ball? with you or is she yes yeah yeah uh, some, I'll, I'll give it a kick and she'll uh sometimes not always but sometimes she'll uh run the length of our yard it's not a huge yard but she'll run the length of the yard so she's into it i mean it's not like she's just sitting down and if i sit down and take a break which has been one of my uh, uh methods for kind of re-energizing her um she'll come get me yeah <laughs> she'll come wants- get me i mean it's like she wants to play but uh, for for some reason she she's uh, less interested in in doing these nosers. I wondered if she was uh, hurt a little bit, but I don't I I'm, don't think so. I'm just picking up, and I rarely do this. I usually have a photograph and do this as a consultation. But as an Im, as an empath, I'm picking up um, some thickness, or it's a feeling of thickness or pressure around her eyes and her forehead. And I'm just wondering if it might be a good thing for you to do to go see a chiropractor or a cranial sacral person with her. Because in a lot of cases, what I've seen with um, these dogs that do the races and tag the tag the end zone and come back, you know, and all these other things, after a while they get jammed ligaments in their legs and in their neck and because from hitting things, continuously hitting things. And it does make sense because if you're a human being and you constantly bonk your arm or your head or your nose, you know, if you if you hit it so many times, then there might be a displacement going on in the head. And I am picking up a feeling of, um, oh, it's hard to say it's not really a headache, but there's a real thick feeling you know, past the bridge of her nose up into her forehead. So I think you may want to check her out a little bit. Yeah. And ask and get her some 
the one thing dogs and people love are massages. And a lot of times you can get animals therapeutic massages around the head and the and the arm, the shoulders and the legs and whatnot to release some of the blockages that come from, you know, re- repetitive exercise. And it sounds like she's still running around and has a high energy level. I would definitely check out her head and her neck um, because there she may be telling you that. You know, she still wants to play, but there's a sensitive area in her body, and animals take care of themselves a lot better than people do. (laughs) You know, you watch a person, and they're always doing the same thing, and they can't figure out why their head hurts when they're banging it up against a wall. Well, animals figure it out really fast, (laughs) and they, they sort of ease off and let that area heal. So if you notice that your dog is not repeating a certain thing, then look into that area that is affected by that repetitious activity. I think that's well. That's probably really good advice, and I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, follow up on that. Um, You're listening to the My Doggy Says Show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build a stronger bond with your dog. Uh, Today we're visiting with Paula Brown, who is an animal communicator and the author of a book titled Fur Shui. And we're going to take a quick break here, but in the next segment, we'll uh, learn all about Fur Shui and what that means. It's a very uh, sweet title, and it's a lovely book. I really enjoyed reading it, and you will too. Uh, So uh, we'll we'll take a quick break and uh, uh, come back on the other side. Please don't go away. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you learn what makes dogs tick, how to improve your dog training and dog bonding skills, and how to be dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Uh, Today we're visiting with Paula Brown, who is a lifelong animal communicator and the author of a book titled Fur Shui. And we've had fun conversation about uh, animals and how she's uh, been able to uh, interpret and read some of their messages uh, for a long time since she was fairly young. Uh, but then she also uh, went through some formal training and became an official certified animal communicator. Uh, and she's written this wonderful little book titled uh, First Way, which we'll talk about in this segment. Uh, first, let me encourage you to participate with us during the week. And one of the best ways to do that, if you haven't done it, is to go out and grab a copy of My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie. Uh, it's a a good little uh, handbook for helping you, at least with some examples, try to interpret animals' behavioral language. I realized that uh, time after time, Jamie would do some quirky little thing that would make me stop and scratch my head and say, why did she do that? What's she trying to tell me? Uh, and there was almost always a message. I mean, she would stop uh, dead cold in the middle of the street, for example, on our morning jog. Uh, and finally, I figured it out that that meant one of two things. It either meant there's a pine cone in that yard. I'd like to pick it up and carry it home. Or it meant, I've got some pine needles stuck in my tail feathers. Would you please clean them out? (laughs) So one way or the other, uh, there was a message there. And time after time, I found that 
there there really was a, an intention to communicate there, and the behavior uh, that seemed quirky uh, really had a method behind it. So um, that's the point of the book, My Doggy Says. Just a lot of fun little stories. There are 85 color photographs and little stories that uh, accompany to uh, try and help you understand a little bit uh, how uh, your dog's behavior might be sending you a message and you wouldn't want to miss it, right? So we'll continue our conversation with Paula Brown, animal communicator and author of Fur Shui. Um, Paula, your animal communication uh, helped you tune in uh, a lot to energy levels and flows and lack thereof uh, in animals. Uh, and that ties in pretty well to uh, the whole concept of, of feng shui and fur shui. Uh, tell us a, about that, that path. How, how did you uh, work your way down that path? Well, thanks, Fred. The, the fun thing about me is that I've got an immense curiosity about how things work and why things work and what the invisible energies are all about that make them work. And so being an animal communicator, I also have a huge toolbox on the invisible energy set. I'm a Qigong um, person who finds qi by feeling um, the areas around a body. And I know how qi runs inside of a body, people and fur folk. And I also studied flower essence practitioner with Flower Essence Society, so I know the invisible language of the emotional cures that plants provide. And I also became a feng shui practitioner. So I have this big toolbox that I can help people out with. And I found myself asking clients because of this curiosity I have about energies that make up things and energies make up everything. Chi is everywhere. It flows through all your environments. It flows through you. It flows through your fur folks, and it creates everything. And so I was asking clients about their behavior of their animals that they were calling me about, especially dogs. Where, where do they sleep? Where, what places in your environment do they avoid? What places do they love? And how do they act in their environment? And when you take them in the car or you take them to dog parks, and I'd get some pretty specific answers about locations and houses, and I would match up the feng shui principles that I knew using black hat technique and the bagua, which is a map where everything shows you where every personality of energy lives in your environment or your house. And I found that these animals were matching the flow of chi in the house. And to give you an example, an older dog was always going into a different area other than his bed, and it was going towards the very back of the house, right in the center of the back of the house. Well, according to this bagua, which has nine life spaces in it, fame section is right in the very back of your house or whatever environment you're in from the doorway. It's the exact opposite area, and this dog was just sleeping there all the time. And they were worried because the bed was in another area of the house. So I talked to it, and I also did a scan of their house feng shui-wise. And I found that it was sleeping in the fame section, which animals recharge. Animals have a lot of fire chi in them. And when they're tired, they recharge in the fame section because that has fire chi. The element there is fire, and that's the activity booster area. So animals naturally went into these little zones helping their people. 
So it all ties together. All these things, the energy in your in your home is directly linked to the energies in your animal. If if an animal has, if your dog has the job or the purpose to welcome you and support you in your career and welcome you when you get home, it, they have jobs. They welcome people when they get home. And it will hang out in the front door area, which is your career zone. And it will keep going back to that zone to recharge you and it. So these energies of activities of an animal or a dog or a cat or whatever were matching the feng shui bagua. It was just incredible. And you can take a look at what that Bagua map looks like on my website at www.fershui.com. And it's F-U-R-S-H-U-I. And take a look at the Bagua, and you can get a map of energies that are in your home. That's uh, really fun, and it's sort of uh, opening my eyes to something I've been curious about. Um, I've noticed with my dogs and Callie's certainly not an exception uh, that they they uh, well I'll say it this way Callie moves around a lot and she sort of obviously picks her places uh, and I've always been curious about how she was thinking about it or what would cause her to land one place instead of another. Uh, and uh, th- this happens in the night, too. We don't let her sleep on our bed. That's a long story. That w- w- was some advice from a dog trainer, which may have turned out to be pretty good. Uh, but she'll be four or five time, four or five different places during the night. And, uh, um, you know, it's curious about, well, why does she choose to be here or there? I mean, sometimes it's obviously because uh, she's closer to some fresh air. But, but uh, it, it's like the wheels are going around, and you're giving me a – a little different way of thinking about that. Uh, you're, you're saying that uh, the places she lands may have something to do with her job. Yes, because all animals come in with purpose and jobs. They choose you. It isn't the other way around. They find you. And it's in the home and in an environment where they move around and they bust up chi. Sometimes you've got a lot of things going on in a room well, you look and see where your dog is and is not going. And the places that they don't go to, you have to clear up a little bit because rarely does a dog visit places that has stagnant chi. And it likes to run around and bust up the chi and help you, also help itself in its job. I had one client who broke up from her boyfriend, and it was a long-term relationship, and she had a little... Um, a little Heinz variety, sort of dachshund type of dog. And that dog would go in, her bedroom was in the love relationship area of the Bagua. The Bagua has nine life sections, which I'll tell you really quick about after this story. But the love relationship area in your house is the far right-hand corner from when you go inside your house. It's the far right-hand corner, and her bedroom was in there, which was matched that area beautifully. But her little dog, after her relationship broke up, would not come out of that room. He stayed in that room, and she was really worried about him, and so she gave me a call, and we did some work, and and we did some work on her, too. <laughs> yes, she was so upset. And immediately she seemed to find another um, friend, and it blew into it. It blossomed into a really wonderful 
friendship relationship, and the little dog came out into the other areas of the house more often. You know, it would go in and out, but its main stay was in that love relationship, and that dog stayed in that love relationship area until its person got a new relationship. That dog was increasing the chi or amping up the energy in that space for its person and also very concerned about its person. So whatever emotions you give out, that dog is going to be picking them up in spades. They're like little sponges. So they kind of amp you up in the areas that you need help in. That's really interesting. Um, uh, let's talk about that some more in the next segment, Paula. We're coming up to a break here. Um, this is a My Doggy Says show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build stronger bonds with your dog. And tonight uh, we're learning about fur shui, which is a, a version of feng shui uh, adopted to uh, uh, cats and dogs by Paula Brown, animal communicator and author of fur shui. Uh, we'll be back with Paula right after the break. Don't go away. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show. I'm Fred Haney, your host and author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie, How a Dog Named Jamie Talks to Her People. We're visiting today with Paula Brown, who is a lifelong animal communicator and the author of a very fun uh, small book titled Fur Shui. And uh, we're going to learn a lot more about um, that in this segment uh, just a quick reminder to uh, track along with us during the week. The best way to do that is check out our website, mydoggysays.com, and uh, the blog there, mydoggysays.com slash blog. Um, also, uh, follow us on Twitter, at mydoggysays, uh, and on Facebook. The best way to find us on Facebook is to go uh, through the website. Uh, so, Paula, uh, you've begun to talk a little about uh, the, the Bagwas. Um Explain a little bit about what those are and then maybe go through some examples of, of specific ones uh, and help us understand um, how they relate uh, to our pets, our, our cats and dogs. Um, you know, are, are there things we can do to uh, uh, make them more enticing? Uh, are there lessons for us to learn? Uh, how, how do uh, the, the different Bagwas uh, relate here to our pets? Great, sure. In black hat feng shui, which I'm a practitioner of, there's a map, and it's called the Bagua. Your environment is filled, it's a treasure chest of energies that you can use and your animal uses all the time. And this map tells you where these specific life stations are. And the Bagua is an octangular shape, and you place that shape over every room or entire house. And you can find one in my book or online on my website. But what they contain, the Bagua contains nine life stations. And they are career, life path, helpful people to travel, children and creativity, relationship, and love, and then fame, wealth and abundance, and then family and community, 
and skills and knowledge, and also a really important one is health and balance. Now, in each segment of those eight sides of the of the octangle live one of these energy life spaces. And when you go through these spaces, you, you pick up the energy, the beneficial energy or the not so beneficial <laughs> energy of each space. It all depends on if it's cluttered or clear or how the chi is flowing. Your chi or energy that makes up everything flows through all these segments. And as you walk through these areas, you pick up on this personality. So you can see that each one of these segments is a very helpful aspect for all of our lives and our pets' lives. And I'll tell you, the one in the middle, the there's an octagon with a big old dot right in the middle connecting all of them. The one in the middle is the ninth gua, or the life space gua, that is the health and balance. So whenever you have a health and balance or kind of crazy day issue, go into the middle of the room, take your animal with you, or in the middle of your house, and just sit for a while and just take a few deep breaths and and go on your way. Each one of these segments has a color. And take, for instance, the fame section that I talked about before. The career section is right when you open the door. Right across from the room <coughs> is the fame section. They oppose each other. And that color is red. So if you want to energize your animal or have a faster run or walk or get them, get them off their... Get them on a diet and get them running. Put a red collar and a red leash to accessorize your walk. And red empowers or in, it puts more energy into something. And the most important thing about doing these little feng shui cures for you and your animal is your intent. It's all about your intent. You put the intent of more activity into an item, and then you put it on your animal, and it does help. It It really brings that energy into play. If you want more love and relationships and a little bit more cuddles from your animal, add a little splash of pink and go to that far right-hand corner of your room or of your home, and that's the that's the love gua, and the color is pink. And for you guys, it's maroon. So <laughs> you can add some maroon to their leashes or even, you know, get a maroon um, doggy treat bag and give them treats from a pink bag or a maroon bag. And the intent of love that you put in there is going to go directly into your animal. So it's really easy. You don't have to tear down walls and buy a lot of things. It's all color, shape, and numbers. And say for a family, if you are introducing a new animal into your, into your um, home, Green is the color of family, and so whenever I have a client that is adding a puppy or a kitten or a new new animal, I have them buy little green kerchiefs and put the green kerchief around the animal that's already there and give a little green collar to the animal that's coming in, and I have them meet over in that section of the house, which is right along the middle of the wall over on the left when you first get in. So you have to use this bagua as a map to find these places. And it shows the color that you use, um, say, for instance, skills and knowledge. If you're, if you're trying to teach your, your dog a new trick, this is a great one. Go find the skills and knowledge section of your house, which is just to the left of the entranceway, and teach them there. 
there's energy there that you can use and your animal can use that can amp up their um, ability to learn and also decrease the time of learning. I've had trainers go to the skills and knowledge area. I've had, we've rearranged whole stables at horse, at race horses, um, private race stables, to put the animals that need to learn the most into that skills and knowledge area. So once you start doing these and picking this up, it becomes very easy. Blue ribbon, blue is the color for skills and knowledge, so all your blue ribbons go in there. So hopefully this helps out a little bit. That's great. So the the colors can be kind of token things. It doesn't have yes. to be the color of the wall or the nope. or the carpet. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It can be it can be a doggy treat bag. It can be um, collars and and harnesses and also feeding bowls are great. I mean, if your animal is on a diet and needs healthier food, I always tell people to put down a yellow placemat underneath the the doggy bowl or in the water because yellow is health and balance and it doesn't cure everything it doesn't it doesn't act as you know the cure-all but it helps the intent of that diet that you're intending to make the animal more healthy and it is really your belief system you have to really put your intent into everything that you do with your animal including feng shui so that's what guides the chi, and chi's really I call chi kind of dumb. You can you can really guide it easily, and chi loves to be guided. And your animals are doing it all the time for you. Just watch where they go inside your house, and take this map and find out what they're doing. If you've got little puppies and a little kitten or something, put their bed in the children creativity side, which is over on the right wall in the middle, and the color is white. The shape, they've got shapes too, and it's a mounded sort of soft shape for that area. So put all their toys and put a little fluffy off-white um, furry nest in there for them, and they'll be really happy. So that's their play area. So go play in the children creativity area. Well, you've got me hooked. I've been so <laughs> curious about... Um, uh, why Callie hangs out the different places that she does, I'm going to start really paying attention. My problem is that uh, my house is not oct- octagonal. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a V-shaped house, so I'll have to interpret a little bit. Yeah, you just place this over in the places that are missing. You just um, you accommodate by shifting that into the space that you've got. Yeah, yeah so. I, that makes sense. I, yeah. I can I can probably deal with that. Yeah. Uh, Paula, you've been a terrific guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, b- before we sign off here, be sure and tell our listeners uh, about your website and also how they can find uh, your book, First Way. Sure. I'll start out with the book. The book is called First Way, An Introduction to Animal Feng Shui. It's a it's a um, lighthearted romp through the energies of your house via your animals' ideas. And you can go to the website, www.fershui.com. It's F-U-R-S-H-U-I.com. And take a look there. And I've also got a website for my animal communications. It's animalhearttalk.com. It's animal and then heart and then another T, talk.com. And you can take a, a romp through what I do in that site. <laughs> so I'm available for consultations in either feng shui or animal communications or both. 
and I do a lot of public speaking and a lot of speaking with the book and you know just give me a call uh, my contact numbers are on both my sites and I just I just love and adore being of help to people with their dogs and all their animals and I just think animals are here to express unconditional love so we can help them out with that I'm sure they sure uh, can be a, a, an enriching part of our lives and, and vice versa, I think. Yes, yeah, they all come in with purpose and don't ever believe you've chosen an animal because they find you and they choose you and find out what their purpose And most of the times you know, but sometimes you need a little bit of clarification. So that's why it's always fun to I certainly up. felt that way when Callie came into my life. She she was uh, clearly there for some reasons. Paula, thank you so much. You've been a great guest. It's been uh, fun to talk to you. Yes, well, thanks, Fred, and good luck with My Doggy Says, and hope to be talking with you again soon. Be sure and uh, look for our next podcast uh, on uh, MyDoggySays.com or on iTunes. In the meantime, pay attention to what your dog is saying. Do something about it. Remember Jamie's first rule for a good life. Don't bark if a wolf will do the job. 